have a list? We have a list on a sticky note because I have no short-term memory right now. So sticky notes are just everywhere. You know what I've got here? I've been using this for quite a while. I have a Blizzard notepad and it's just oh. been... And it's, let's see, this was from, uh, this is like a World of Warcraft, but I'm pretty sure this came in my, um, funny enough, my StarCraft II box. And okay. I just started, and I just yeah. took it out of, so. Yeah. Back Look when at, games came as hard copies and sometimes had little trinkets in them. It was the last time that I stood in line for a game. It was, whatever, 10 years ago. That's right. Weird. Um, I, well, it's you and me right now. Hey. Okay. So I'll just start the countdown. <laughs> okay. Here we go. We already have spam in the chat. Dang it. Where's my Do you dog? want to be famous? Do I want to be famous? I Can I buy followers? That doesn't make me famous if I buy followers. Though, no, no, it? neither does. No, 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 neither does like Viewbotting or any of that. In fact, that all, that all is hopefully getting squashed here. So, Well, I'm trying to. I got to get to the channel, though. I didn't bring it. Oh, no, that's the wrong place. Where do I like, how do I moderate myself? Yes, I have to moderate our chat. And I don't know. I'm always horrible have. at moderating my own chat. Yeah, I know it's something here. Let me do three things at one time. Yeah, it's not yes. good. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Uh, my name is... Sorry, I'm trying to do this all at the same time. <laughs> Multitask! Yes. Uh, my name is James O'Hagan, and I do things with schools and esports, and it's fun. No. <laughs> welcome to Thursday night. It is your, for, for me, actually, this week, it actually is Thursday. Last week, it was actually a Friday. Your Friday. Me. Yeah. So, but this week is a Thursday. Uh, we know we have uh, things to discuss because Carrie has a post-it note if you were here for the pre-chat, uh, pre-show uh, chatterbox. Um, and I am certified blocked this week. Uh, if you don't know what that means, uh, go on my Twitter and find out because uh, it was a fun time yesterday in the evening uh, calling out certain things. But... Uh, we're not going to get into that too much tonight because Carrie has a list. I have a list. Oh, have a Carrie, list. you should probably introduce yourself. Oh, I'm Carrie. Um, most, I think if you're here, you probably know me. Uh, I otherwise go by uh, Chuck Muju uh, on Twitter. I am the communication specialist for Liminal Esports, Snowbreak Studio. And if you see all the posts about K-12 esports news, that's me. She's a keeper. I try. Uh, and I don't want to, yeah, let's, there we go. I just banned this person. That was fun. <laughs> don't worry. They'll come back with their 30 other accounts that they have to ask if you want to be famous. Mm, um, uh, so, so it was funny, hmm. uh, late last week yes. as I was, as I was commiserating with my copy editor. Mm. Um, that sounds so fancy. I, well, it's, it's only fancy cause I bleed on pages. Like if you look at my work, it's just red. Um, so I have to have a copy editor, like it's a group purchase, uh, and I love my copy editor. Tony is like absolutely awesome. She's what she's is amazing. a copy editor? I don't a, even know. A, a copy editor is somebody who takes the work that you've written mm -hmm. and and makes it uh, correct. Uh, so like my content is usually very solid, mm -hmm. but my spelling is anything but. It's usually. Um, what so is yeah. this hippie stuff? Is it chakras and chakra chat now? Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we hear you fine. Great, perfect. 
we're learning about what a copy editor is. It sounds like somebody that a student, it sounds like what basically a teacher, an English teacher does. Essentially, uh, yes. I have I an English teacher. Do, I used to do copy editing before I was a teacher. So. I, I love mine. My copy editor is great. But I, I had the audacity to say to her, it's been a really slow week in esports news. Um, so I'm struggling for stories this week. Granted, this was like Thursday of last week. Uh -huh. um, I will never say that again. No. I learned my lesson. Well, uh, Angelique, you are not where you normally are. You're actually in your classroom today, right? I'm in my classroom. I um, was doing some remediation with students who almost passed but didn't pass last quarter or actually over the last year. Mm. So I let them come in for an hour and a half today to like do whatever they needed to do to finish. And I have to say, your eyebrows and your hair is on point tonight. It is fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, you look good, too. No, uh, it's OK. I'm, I'm like never on point. You guys can see a live <laughs> shot of my classroom, my LED. Awesome. Ooh, it looks like a keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> very, very fancy here. Very fancy. Very good. And, and I have a new lot. hat this week. I have a Durham, I have a Durham Bulls uh, baseball hat on today, so. I, I realized today that I ruined my mist shirt. Oh, no. I did. I uh, I apparently I wore it when I was making dice, and it now has resin on it. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I'm out of those Boy, those uh, six die, though. I'll tell you what. You ever going to get one made? I have three. Of all the uh, dice that you've seen, I have three effing D6s made. Wow. Yeah. Nerd yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm making molds this weekend because... <clears throat> yeah. Anyways. So, Carrie, what did we have on our list? Because I Well, forgot. when the week started, we were, like, we were having this general conversation about longevity in the industry and building programs that can survive kind of like the Keystone leaving because there's there's been some departures from programs. Um, and I know a lot of people are just feeling exhausted, but mm. they also are the people that are holding their school's programs together. So, mm. you know, we, we talked about maybe having a dialogue about like, what is, like, what is, what does that look like? How do you build your program out? How do you plan ahead so that, you know, if you're dealing with burnout um, or, you know, you, you end up finding ways. Yeah, anything, anything so that you leave. Invest in Dogecoin? Yeah, exactly. And be able to sell um, <laughs> is, is your organization, is your program still going to be able to, you know, stay above water without you? Because mm. um, I think a lot of times, I, I want to say that's almost counter to how a lot of people that I know in the esports EDU, especially early esports EDU industry do it. Because like, it seems like you always find that person who's, well, I run our game club. Uh, I run mm. our esports team. Um, I do all our recruiting, like they manage everything. So if something were to happen to them tomorrow, the, the program's got nobody. Like there's no. no assistant that's learned that can step up and fill their shoes. Um, you know, there, there isn't a department around them. The administration probably has no idea what's going on. Like it's just not developed in such a way that they could even reach out to somebody and be like, I need help, you know, so-and-so is leaving. How do we keep this going? I, uh, I struggle with that as well. Now, in my own school district, luckily, I have 12 adults also as part of our program, but I'm the administrative lead. Like, I'm the, I'm the one who goes and talks to, you know, all the players across, because everybody else is teaching, right? I'm right. an administrator. I have some more flexibility to do those things. It's kind of my job. Um, but, you know, even thinking about some of these small programs, you know, across our state in Wisconsin, where... You know, sustainability is a hard thing, and it doesn't take a playverse, and it doesn't take an HSEL, and it doesn't take an ASEF to sustain it. We there's got to be, as you're saying, Carrie, a few things in place, and unfortunately, one of those things is money. In my opinion, like if if you're not paying people to do this work, yeah, and it's just out of love and sweat equity, man, it has got to be hard as heck to keep a program together because <clears> the next <throat> person who comes, you know, you leave and it's been on sweat equity. Where's the sustainability yeah. in that? There's not, especially if somebody doesn't have that same fire, that same passion, and yeah. they're picking up somebody else's project. No, it's not gonna be the same. There it's does not, have you to be can't to just pick up and like run on the side. 
Yeah. I have the one person I have here that's helped me that started my club with me, got a job and is moving to Arizona in like two months. And I am like, what am I going to do? What are you <laughs> no, going to do? That's a, great, that's a great, that's a great question. I don't know. I, I mean, I know that I can't do it by myself. And, but luckily my students who started it with me as freshmen are now going to be seniors next year. So like, I know that I'm going to rely on them a lot. Um, and they're great. But as far as like an adult, like, like you were saying, Carrie, like if I get sick or if I need to take some time off or if I'm just busy or whatever, I don't know. I, I don't have any other, like you said, like, I don't have any other coworkers here who, who would want to do it because they are passionate about it. Yeah. And I feel like you have to have that passion. It's not, it's not just something you could passively do. Yeah. And I feel like you always have to be training somebody to replace yourself. Uh, yeah. It was something that I ran into when I worked in nonprofits and I got flack from people because it was like, why are you, why are you trying to bring people up to be like at your level in this organization? And my comment was always, well, if, if you only have a few people who hold all the power and all the knowledge, if anything happens to them, your your nonprofit's gone. Like that's yeah. it. Like everybody should be expendable, so to speak. So if you walk out the door, somebody else is already ready to to fill your shoes. And if you are not actively making that happen, you're sort of self sabotaging your program. Like you should be looking, you know, for people who have that potential and, and bringing them in and getting them trained up and, you know, making sure that people understand your job. Um, you know, I think all too often it's like, oh, this is what I do, and people sort of hoard their knowledge base and their their responsibilities for job security reasons. But like when you go, there's this vacuum of, well, what were they doing and how did they do it? And so I think you know there are healthier ways to establish, you know, a program or an organization, and, and we definitely need to do that. Um, you know, even if it's like in a situation like you are. You know, are you are you headhunting in your own school program? Like, you know, who are other teachers that you could potentially bring on? And and you know, it's it's hard, but it's something that I think we all need to be actively doing. Well, let's also think about this too. Let's let's think about this from a systemic approach. How can we build in sustainability? And again, the first thing I said is you got to pay people, right? You do. The other thing I think that's going to help build sustainability in your program is is bringing in those people who maybe are not gainer savvy again those people who are passionate about good things for kids maybe have an interest in the space but are not necessarily gamers in and of themselves and also we if we're going to have diverse programs we have to have diversity in the people who are working in these programs so if you're you know angelique you kind of had the best of both worlds you had the geeky guy who helped you get things started and then the and then you're the you're the the talented teacher female learn kind of learning a lot as you go um you know your next person maybe wanted you want to find that other geeky kind of guy or or something like that or find where there are you know when you look at your program across the board and and you say who are the students who are involved here now and where do we have gaps and maybe it's a counselor who you want to work with or a social worker or maybe it's a community member who can bring in outside resources in um, there's a lot of different ways because, you know, when you say sustainability, just get what two, two guys to oversee it. That doesn't necessarily, you know, speak sustainability. Yeah. That just yeah. kind of it's kind of like with football coaches. You know, you, you see one football coach, the they all kind of look alike. Yeah. But it, it, you know, and I know Travis Witt, who's also in our thing here, is is not the typical. He looks like the typical football coach, but he's not. <laughs> but um you know, you get when you have that football coach looking culture, there's a lot that follows with that. Yeah. So, again, if we're right. going to talk about this being available for all kids, part of our sustainability plan has to be how do we diversify the adults in the room to make sure yep. that we are getting all of our kids involved? Because then when we have more kids involved, administration takes notice. Once administration's taking notice, it, it's like this. It may be a little bit of a chicken or the egg kind of conversation, but I think how you build sustainably has to be strategic. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it also needs to include creating your playbook. Um, That's so hard. Because guess what? It's not cookie cutter. It's it's not not cookie cutter. But I think you at least need to find the things that are the backbones of your program. And it needs to be drafted and it needs to be shared with people 
Uh, and even if it's being able to sit down and have a meeting with your administration for a, a brief period of time and be like, okay, you know, especially if you're one, if you're one classroom on a school site that isn't really active in, in leagues, you know, and explaining like this, this is the book, this is the general rundown, um, you know, everybody knows where it is. Salute like, general rundown. <laughs> it's because a lot of, like a lot of organizations don't have it and it's, so much easier if you can come in and be like, okay, this is how this is how they've been doing it. You don't have to stay with it, but at least you have the foundations and you know what everybody's been expecting. Yeah. Well, like I said, if you're if you're not if you're not getting uh, look, even Sam says this, Angelique. Um, nice. uh, if you're not building, first of all, if you're not getting paid, there's no again. That is that's probably yeah. the easiest way to kill a program is when you go. The next person is not going to pick yeah. it up. So get no. paid. Yeah. Get paid. And I think I think that's hard because I think with sports in general, we have a tendency to expect really weird hours from coaches. You know, it's it's like, and a lot of them are at school all day because they don't necessarily make enough coaching, so they've got to have sort of their their day job. Um, and then they come in and, you know, they're there until nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's not maintainable in the long run. I don't think, mm. um, you know, either unless you're, unless you're like single and don't have a family, Yeah. you know, I think then it's, it's achievable. But if, if you're somebody that has, you know, people that you're responsible to at home, it, it's, it's going to be, that's going to be taxing. And boy, there's nothing that pisses off a spouse more than, wait, you're spending all these hours away and you're not getting money. And we've got kids and things that have got to get done around the house. I mean, I feel that from just when I was a tech director and I would say, sorry, this is my busy time. I'm going to be out until nine o'clock tonight rebuilding the network or, you know, doing whatever. So um, I'm getting called a content creating fool. Yes, I'm very much a content creating fool. Thank you, Matt. (laughs) I mean, and it's just. Oh, by the way, I just want to say this real quick. Wait, wait, I want to say this really quick, too, because this is important. Uh, um, Miles Harvey just checked in. Uh, His middle school uh, played a match against uh, uh, a school in Kuwait today. So, New Mexico playing Kuwait. Hi, Miles. So, middle school esports is alive, is what he says. That's really important. Congratulations on that, Dr. Harvey. So, and if you've not seen his room yet, He's got more LEDs than Angelique does in her room. Well, I only have one, so it's not hard to beat, but I do have Christmas lights that did not really survive the uh, year absence of me, but, you know, it's fine. So what else do we have on the list? So the other other point that we had on the list that came up um, was in reference to the the cheerleader case that, that made the news in regards to social media. And what do we have the right to enforce? Uh, and it, and it kind of came up. And I think, like, while it's relevant in all cases, because a lot of schools now have policies that extend into social media and, and your behavior outside of school, for, for those that are teaching content creation, gaming, esports, I feel like it's even more relevant because a lot of what we do is also really connected to social media uh, mm-hmm. and your your behavior on Twitch, your behavior in Discord, you know, your behavior on, on Twitter. And, um, you know, how, how do we deal with that? What do we have? Like, what's within bounds um, for us when it comes to enforcement of, of out-of-school behavior? You know, I'd really love to show the headline, but I can't because the dang... We've got this gigantic advertisement. Here, I'll just have to find another story, I guess. Um, yeah, so this, the basics of this story is that a cheerleader, uh, she was a freshman, which I thought was was weird. Or she was 14. Or not Spotify, not cheerleader, Spotify. Oh, my gosh. Spotify. Ooh. Uh, no, Snapchat. Um, she went off on her Someone school. says accept the cookie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is why I, I use the Brave browser and not... Uh, not, Chrome Not the filtered one. Yeah. So yeah, because yeah. when I when I read it, I was expecting something different. Like I was expecting to be like, oh, this student went off on you know fellow classmates, or the behavior was really hateful. And then I read the story, and it was like, okay, student had a really really bad day, 
and vented their feelings sort of about the education system that they belong in and now and now there's issues like right. what did she say f f the school f yeah it was i mean transferred it was so, i mean yeah it's all stuff we've done after a really bad day working in the school <laughs> like, um, i don't know i mean like I, I agree with what Sam said. Like, why do we go straight to punishments? Like, why? Because, like, what was it that they took her off the team for a year or something? Like, that's a little much. Well, let's think, too, about... Okay, so what Sam said, you know, especially about how we go right to punishment. It's interesting how a lot of our acceptable use policies are written in schools. Primarily, yeah. and I had one just sent to me last week. Uh, by my girlfriend for her her son's school and she said take a look at this all the language was you will not mm -hmm. it was not yeah. ever it was never a positive it was right. all negatives which are which quite honestly when you write an AUP an acceptable use <clears throat> policy from a negative and saying you will not there are so many knots in the world yeah it is so much better and easier to write an age first of all age appropriate and one that can be read and I'll positive show I'll give it I'll give one. I'll give a good example here that I had from my days in Rockford when I rewrote the Rockford acceptable use policy, of using it all from uh, "you will do" it from the from the positive perspective, from the citizenship yeah. perspective. Like this is what a citizen is supposed to do, not the things that you're not supposed to do. Right. We our our our, our school codes are largely written in that way. It would be so much easier, other than the punishment aspect of things, it would be so much easier if we did take things from a, you, this is how we expect, the expectations of behavior, the expectations of what you should be doing, not the knots. And, and yeah. if you give me a minute, I'll pull it up here. So Find it. Can, yeah, I think yeah. the thing to me that was that was really alarming about it is it, it like it comes down to like when teachers get fired because they posted a picture with a glass of wine in their hand. Or they post a picture of themselves in a bathing suit at the beach. Yeah, like, you know, we're going to fire you because you're human and you're being human yeah. outside in the workforce and we can't, like, your children can't see you like this. And, and I feel like women definitely receive a little more of that than male teachers. But male teachers still, you know, still get busted for it as well. Um, so, like, again, I was expecting this to be, well, obviously this has to be before, you know, hate comments against a student or something that involved the treatment of another person. And when I found like, no, that's not what this was about. It was like, okay, we, we're definitely overstepping here. Like, All right. So let me do this. Let me show this really quickly. Cause I, there, there is some legalese that they made me put in, but I'll show you the crux of it. So this is the guide to using technology in school grades nine through 12. Yeah. Now notice I wrote this specifically for high school. And here are the here are the here are the I guess you could call them ten commandments for responsible use. I'm responsible for my computer account and email account, and then a descriptor in language that is appropriate to the grade level. I'm responsible for my language. I'm responsible for how I treat other people. I'm responsible for my use of Rockford Public Schools network. I'm responsible for member of my school when I'm online. Uh, I'm responsible to be honest about who I am online. Responsible for protecting the security of the network. Uh, responsible for protecting other people's property online and responsible for following school rules if I publish anything online. Yeah. That That is so much more, and given, again, written in the language, but let me show you what the... the but I, but I'm also curious, when you, when you write that and you say online, do you specifically just mean on school accounts or do you mean at home, on your home Twitter or your home... Well, when I go back and I look at the descriptor, uh, yeah. I'll, pull, I'll pull it back up in a second here. But for that one in, in particular, I will follow all guidelines set forth by the RPS 205 and or my teachers when publishing schoolwork online. I understand that it is unsafe to post my personal information, uh, including but not limited to name, address, phone number or school. I will not post photos of students with their first and last names on any online site, including but not limited to blogs, wikis, and discussion forums. So, yes, there is a little bit of do so nots in there. Yeah, but that, but, but, it's, also, but it's all school related. It's all school related. So right. now, if you're talking about a situation that's happening on your home Snapchat, see to me that's 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 out that's outside our bounds, quite frankly. And Chris Avila said the local school district suspended kids for going to a shooting range and posing with guns. Yeah, I've seen I've seen reports on that one too. But here is the pre-K through two one. Now we had, because how silly is it that we have these universal 
acceptable use policies for everybody. And you're expecting a second grader to follow along with the policy that I just support. Now, remember, experience in elementary is very different than experience at a high school. So access to computers, access to technology, cell phones, all those things. Now, granted, these were written several years ago. 2015, I think, was the last time I did these. That's six years ago. And the world has changed dramatically. But just look at how presenting this now to a pre-K second grader. I will use kind words when I'm using a computer. I will take care of the computer at school. I will ask my teacher before I go to the internet. That's that positive perspective. It's setting responsibility. And again, student responsible use. Not acceptable use policy, student responsible use. Words matter. And how how we introduce the uh, invitation to learning and the invitation to technology, either you're coming into them with positive intentions or you're treating them as a criminal ahead of time and saying, we, we, if you do these things, you get in trouble. Don't do that. Don't do that to kids. That, because that sets, sends the wrong message of, of how they should be engaging with the technology. Right. So. Sam's, I think it reads, when it affects the community, we expect this responsibility. Yeah, see, and that's yeah. where, like, because I know different like obviously private schools do it differently they have a tendency to be really really tight on their expectations um but i know even within like the public school system where i was at um we did not go into a child's social media or any personal feeds unless it was a specific situation that had been reported that involved like fellow students Um, Mm. because we did have one situation that occurred over the summer where there was targeted harassment Uh, And these two kids were going to be in the same class together. And so it was like, okay, that's when the school was like, okay, we've got to, like, we've got to go and actually see what's been happening so we can figure out how we're going to deal with it when everyone's back on campus. Um, But there wasn't, it's not like we would do that in any other situation. Like if if somebody had popped off and been like, oh, no, 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 my school, it would have been like, okay, yeah, they had a bad day. This is their account. They're not doing it at school. They're not affecting any of their fellow students. You know, maybe I'm going to check in with them on Monday and see how they're doing um, because mm. clearly something isn't okay with their relationship with our school site. Um, so, yeah, I think. And I think that was Sam's point, too. It's like, why are we going straight to, like, discipline and punishment? Like, why not, instead of jumping to kicking the kid off the team because she had a bad day for a year, pulling her in and doing some restorative conversations. Like what really is going on? How really are you feeling? What made you feel that way? You know, how can you address this situation and change your perspective and then maybe get to the point like, well, is there anybody you should apologize to that you might have hurt their feelings by saying this, right? Like she was talking about her coach or I don't know what it was, but like, I think those conversations, I mean, as a teacher, like we're all educators, those are the conversations I have with my students. I don't say like, you cheated, you get a zero. I say, you made this choice. How is it affecting you? How did it affect me as a teacher? Like when you turned something in that was somebody else's words and not your own, how did it affect the student that you copied and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, Let's reflect and figure out how we grow from this, not let's put you on lockdown and make you hate the school even more. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, and Sam, I love that Sam's jumping in on this because that students should be allowed to post whatever on their own time. To an extent, I agree. However, coming at this from, from an administrator perspective, especially, again, my time in Rockford where I was working in the alternative education environment. We don't have this problem really in the virtual learning, but... In the alt ed environment, um, almost every fight every day came out through Facebook, and we were having to dig through those Facebook yeah. those Facebook channels. We were having to dig through, not so much Instagram back then, but Facebook was the end all be all start of fights. Mm-hmm. And there's two things you look for: you, you either start looking at students' Facebook posts because a lot of them post them public, and you know who they are, or you look at how they, this is, this is tip 101 for new administrators or future administrators. If a girl normal it, guys do this too, but differently. But if a girl comes in with her hair pulled back and sweats when normally she dresses really like you know puts herself together, either it's a bad day or there's a fight about to break out. So it's like 
I'm sorry that I have to say that, but trust me. I was wearing the earrings. If they didn't come to school with the they didn't earrings. come with. Oh, if they, if they don't have big hoop earrings on, but normally they wear big hoop earrings. Yes, that's that's a sure sign that's either somebody's just having a bad day or potential fight. Sorry, but but we I have mean, to. Or but, they just wanted to be lazy that day. That's what I'm I saying. I mean, that would be now. I did say that. I would just be like, do I need? Yeah, yeah. It's um, but I but I think it's more like again, you're saying because stuff was happening. So like mm-hmm. when you have something that's happening that's affecting your community yes. that that that's a safety issue, yeah, okay, then you might have to go and check and see what's going on. Or even like I had situations where there was just some icky vibes and so yeah. I started digging and I'm like I need to know what's going on because something's not okay here and found some stuff that ended up being reported um but like I think those are the cases but but there needs to be space for people to be people and there to be follow-up conversations like you said like we all have bad days we need a place to vent we also need to learn how to conduct ourselves online because that's once it's out there it's out there so being able to have the conversation of okay you clearly like let's talk about what was going on and then let's talk about like you know maybe there are other ways that are going to be less impactful to you the next time you feel like this like if you feel like this like you know, it's like having, uh, trying to get that kid that hits people when they're frustrated. Like, mm. great, you're frustrated, and so you're taking that frustration up physically on your classmates. The problem is, when you do that, you then, like, compound the frustration because now you're in trouble for hitting your classmates. Like, you've doubled the stress that you're under. So take this first wall that you're in, like this first frustration, find a healthier way to deal with that so that that's your high point. Like you don't end up amping up any higher and end up with even more stress. And if we just slap suspensions or expulsions on top of it, we're not teaching them that. Like we're not teaching them that at all. We're just heightening, we're, we're elevating the, the stress. Well, and I am a big believer, a firm believer in restorative justice. So rather than just doing that, now with some, I will be honest, there are some students who I'm like, nope, gone sorry i can't you know we've we've talked around so many different times so many different things but sometimes you just have to drop the hammer and suspend um but yeah restorative justice and having those conversations and again let's let's bring this back towards gaming the thing that i always ask students in the gaming world is what is your brand you know especially because you know with some kids doesn't even have to be gaming but just their social media presence what is your brand and unfortunately for some of our kids, they follow people who have a brand that is put out there as being not what we would consider, you know, because people do it for the likes and they do it for the shock value. And, you know, those people who want to go to a wall, you know, Walmart and lick ice cream and then put it back in the fridge. Like, I don't, those, <laughs> I don't know. You, you people are just, I don't know what you're doing. I have but, never licked ice cream and put it back. So I, people no, because once that ice cream's open, guess what? It's not getting I'm closed. It. It's getting yeah. eaten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I heavily believe in the restorative justice policies, and I think that, you know, there, there's a place for it. But, yeah, as much as I want to live in a hippy-dippy world of peace, love, and restorative everything and, and teaching, sometimes you do need to, you know, Yeah, it, I mean, there's, so. there's safety issues and, yeah. and consequences. Like, actions have consequences. Um, do you guys want sometimes... a fun story? Wait, do you guys want a fun story? Sure. Just just where, where I, 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 unfortunately, I had... It used to be a lot of fun. It's it's a fun it's a it's well it's a hard story but it's one of these ones where <laughs> all right so and I might have told you guys this um, so again I'm an I'm an assistant principal at Rockford and I have one of the building we had two police officers in the building and what they're one's just hanging out in my office and we're talking and I get a phone call from a teacher and she just says I have a student with a knife I immediately hang up the phone. I, like she got the word barely out. I hung up the phone. I turned to Gallardo and I go, we have a student with a knife up in. And I knew a teacher's room. It was, we run up the stairs, second floor, get to the room. He's unholstered his gun. Like he's got his gun. Like, you know, the, the clip, the, the clippy things or uh, I, I, whatever they have to do. And I walk in the room and I just say, just hang back here. I walk in the room. He comes up behind me. It's the most quiet, calm scene I've ever seen. And I look and I go, you, you, you said you have a student up here with a knife? And she goes, yeah. And she points to the kid who has a little pocket knife on his desk, and he's kind of twirling it. And I said, okay, first of all, Amanda, 
the next time you call and say, I have a student with a knife, lead with, everything is fine. <laughs> I have a student with a knife. Because unfortunately, and again, here's where sometimes you just have to do things. Student code of conduct says, I actually should have expelled him. Yeah. I should have I should have put him up for expulsion because he had a blade that was more than yeah. than an inch long. I had I had a case where I didn't I I had a student who had been camping with his dad. Uh, he was in a split family situation, so he he got he got to spend one extra night with his dad. And his dad, like normally, he would be with his mom Sunday night, but he got to stay Sunday night with his dad. His dad dropped him off at school, and he's like halfway through the day, and I can see him turn white. And he slowly walks up and he puts his hand in his pocket and he slips this very large pocket knife like to me very carefully and he's like and he explained the whole thing really really quiet and he was like shaking you yeah. could just see him like i'm gonna be in so much trouble i'm like okay just come and get it from you know like at the end of the, at the end of the school day when your mom's mm -hmm. here to pick you up just just bring her on in and and you know you can take it home and it's the same thing i should have reported him he should have received a, a multi-day suspension for it and, you know, sometimes we make judgment calls. There's some things that we can't make judgment calls on. Um, well, I couldn't then. The cop had his gun unholstered. No, you were stuck. You had I, I was like, I had I busted into the room because the damn teacher didn't start with everything is fine. When you, yeah. when you leave with a when you that's, when you were in a bad. when you were in a bad. high when you were in a high pressure school with kids who just happen to pop off now and then and you lead with I have a student with a knife. Yeah, not 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 the Wrong. most defusing. No. No. Not your final moment. No. Oh no. God. Well, uh, so who wants to get a certification? Um. Was that on our list? Wow. That, 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 was, that, was, that made my that made my list. Um. Yeah, I have a certification too. Uh, go UCI. Um, we host the esports edu podcast. So. so that's it. That's all we need. We have our own little people. Everybody here. here gets a gets a certificate for you being get here an tonight. Everyone gets an esports edu certificate. Everybody gets an esports certificate. I I've had so many conversations about this in the last forty eight hours, as I'm sure everybody else in chat has uh, or has. Um, I was a little like when I first saw it, I was like, okay, we'll see who's gonna bite. And within an hour, I felt like the entire world esports community bit, um, and I, I felt really mad. I felt really mad for them. Um, it's one thing when a few people are like, "Yeah, this isn't good." It's another thing when the entire planet is like, "What?" Um, and but, I felt like, bad because I looked at that list of advisors. Yeah. At the how many? Let's see. We had. Oh, you guys can talk amongst yourselves. I want to count the advisors. One, two. Three, um. Five. I, and it's, it, wow, they had 42 advisors. 42. How do, you, how do you have 42 advisors without it being called virtue signaling? For those of you who don't know what virtue signaling is, virtue signaling is when you get a whole bunch of people together and add them to a list and go, look at our diversity. Mm. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but I just got eSports certified about two minutes ago. It, it cost me zero doll hairs, Nick. Oh yeah, no yeah. I know Nick is running. Yep, look yep. at it right there. I'm certified, baby. Woo -woo. <laughs> Here is all the advisors, and I know one of these people. I know Danny, and uh, hadn't heard anything about it. It was kind of surprising to see him there. But you know what? Um, what I feel like I want to get. I wish I could have done this tonight. I want to get that Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, I will remember you and just play it over this. But I don't. So, but we don't. I don't know how much input any of these individuals have. And I That's do what I'm know, saying. This is virtue signaling. Yeah, because I do know a few of them popped up right away and were like, you know, please reach out to me because my name is attached to this and I want to know what's happening. Um, so I, I don't know how much control they had in this. You know, it very easily could have been, it's just their picture and their name attached to, to well, lend credibility. You, when you're putting my name or something on it, damn it, I better know. Yeah. You better approve it. But not everybody's not everybody's that careful with their brand. I mean, let's let's face it. Not everybody's that careful with their brand. They might not have seen the final version of it. You know, they might have just gotten this feel at the beginning that sounded really good and then ended up not being. Um, I will say it was really nice to see that by the end of the second day, everybody had, from what I was reading on the internet at least, everybody was getting reimbursed uh, yeah. their fees for 
for the for the study guide. Oh, um, they had they taken down their website and they posted, you know, a post in response. So, you know, it went as good as you could possibly imagine. Like the community came out and went, this is not the way. And they went, okay, like we hear you. And because I see because I see Nate in chat, uh, this is the <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> this is awesome, Nate. You guys, Indiana uh, School Esports Network came up with this $25 esports certified shirt. So simple and so elegant and so freaking brilliant. Thank you, Nate. Or if, if Nate, if it wasn't you who did this, whoever did, uh, I would like to buy them an adult beverage the next time I'm down in Indiana because that is just so elegantly fun. I mean, yeah. like, I don't, here's the thing. I don't hate the idea of having a way for people to become more educated in this space and learn how to start a club, run a club, right? Manage a club, bring, turn, train new people, create that culture, all the things that we talk about. I don't, I think that that's a good idea. I think yeah. that we do need that because- We do it in education. Like, yeah, like from my, like from my own experience, when I started doing this down here, nobody else was. So you know what yeah. I have for me? I was bombarded with emails from a bunch of people from a bunch of different districts. And they're like, help me. What do I do? And I'm like, I don't have like the yeah. time or mental capacity to go train and talk to all these people for free. I just don't. And we've talked about like, you know, having valuing your time and putting a yeah. tag on it. But like, as a, just a teacher from another district, like I don't feel comfortable being like, well, I charge hundred dollars an hour, like for my knowledge. Like I don't think I would ever do that. So I think sure? there is value in in teaching other people. Paying for a study guide and then paying $400 to finish a multiple choice test and write a flipping essay and have your Chromebook created certificate is not... Well, not only that, but it doesn't actually prepare you to be in a management position for an esports organization. Like one, if you're, if you're going to have some sort of certification, it needs to be very clear what the certification is for. And and this didn't have that. So this was become esports certified. Well, great, for what? For marketing, for management, for event planning? Like for, for what? Because, yeah, because this doesn't, this doesn't do it. Even managing, which they, I think they ended up res responding to somebody like, well, this was meant for sort of like management, doesn't even do that. Like the guide teaches you high school statistics and sort of like the history of esports. That's not management. <laughs> that's not management. Like that that doesn't teach you how to do the job. I'm sure if I'd be making up <laughs> Obi Wan Nicobe, you get the. Uh, I mean, Nate. Nate. Nate is. A, I got to give it to Nate because he, he came up with the website and the shirt. But that is. I for those of you who don't know. For those of you who don't know. No, encourage me. Encourage me. <laughs> Matt says, do you believe they had good intentions? Do we believe they had good intentions? Yeah, okay. Yes let's, and no. Let's, let's, let's look at this, okay? Because the problem that they were looking to solve and one of the possible solutions, the problem they were looking to solve was that there's people who are trying to get into the industry. And yes, there is. And and let's, let's call it what it is. Gatekeeping um, in our, in education is important because we are working with minors. We know how the system works. We have to protect the things that are coming in. Gatekeeping in the esports industry, though, has a completely different connotation. This is what my girlfriend and I were talking about last night about the differences because she saw gatekeeping as essential. I see gatekeeping as an, sometimes as a negative. And it was interesting to get that, you know, we want maybe we need to find a better word she suggested for us to come up with rather than call it gatekeeping. Because I mean, sentinels, I mean, like, we we couldn't figure out like let's anybody who can think on that and come up with one and help us out that would be great. But here's the thing, um, I look at this as if the goal is to increase your access to the industry and to increase uh, diversity in the industry, it's not going to happen from an asynchronous self-study test. No. It's just not like this no. is where that's why I looked at that list those fifty people and I went you didn't have one educator. No, on that no. list. A, an educational designer. doesn't even have to be an esports person. Just an educational designer who can say, what do you want to do? Because right. I What are you testing this. for? They didn't test for management. There was no management. That, that was not a test to see if you are qualified to be an esports manager. 
And who has ever authentically learned something from taking a test on it? Nobody. No, no. I mean, that's and, that. And I, that is there to check and see what knowledge you already have. Yeah, and I don't know who somebody responded to it early on with like a a research article about standardized testing and. Right, like there was no educators on on the board. Like the first thing that I would say is why why am I we hate testing. I don't believe in testing. I think it is a terrible way to assess knowledge. Like at four hundred dollars, as educators, no. like how much have we already paid for? Doing well, and it's like printing money at that point. You know what? It, here, here's here's what I here's what I think that they did. I I firmly believe that this was an open educational resource, meaning they took something that was free repurposed yeah. it into, because you can do that legally with open educational resources, repurposed it into what they needed, and they're pr basically printing money at $400 a pop. Yeah. They failed to, I think, in their in their efforts to make this launch, and again, not talk to anybody in the educational world to see like, hey, how do you do this right and, and get make it meaningful? Here's, here's how I would fix this. Don't do this as asynchronous, and don't, you can do it to asynchronous to an extent, but do it in cohorts. Do something that builds networks. Invite people from certain areas yeah. of the industry and don't charge them necessarily $400. Give them, make them have skin in the game. But again, what's, what's your overhead at this point? Have people mentor people in the industry through all this. Is it a lot more work? Hell yeah, but you got 42 advisors. Yeah. Use those 42 advisors. The other thing that, that struck me is, is so if you're an esports organization and three people apply to you and one of them just has a certificate because they passed a test and one of them has a degree in marketing, are you going to go with the person who passed the test or are you going to go with the person that has a degree in, in marketing? Like who has put in the time to to learn the trade instead of just pass a test? So it's almost like what? It's almost like no, he, no, 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 he's not, oh, yeah, yeah. he's not, yeah. he's not saying, he's not saying, he's not saying, that that they do it bad like that. He's no, saying, no, 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 I know. But but yeah. that but that fellowship it's program exactly is kind of the model. What they do, and yeah. they're like, oh, let's charge four hundred dollars so we can give you a Campbell created certificate. Or think of any of the other universities or colleges that that already have marketing, broadcasting, business degrees. Like, there's all this stuff. Like, I was having a conversation in, in Discord this morning. Like, it's it's we don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, marketing is marketing. There's there's slight changes between industries, but it's not huge. So maybe instead of creating this, like we have to have the certificate, like no, these classes exist. There's already access to them. In many cases, there's community college access, you know, to some of these as well. What are the key things that make each of those things different? That's what that's what could be bottled and, and taught by an organization. Oh, so you already studied marketing. Well, here's this, you know, here's the addendum were the extension that's relevant to esports. We don't have to, like, this hot potato and who can make the most money at this? Yeah, yeah. It's essentially that because I'm sitting there and I'm like, this this isn't, this isn't esports management. Well, when I, when I, when I saw the first. It's not esports management. It's, it's you, 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 could, you could pass that test be hired and have absolutely no clue how to manage an esports team. But you know standard deviation. Yeah, you know how well, to see statistics. Yes, yeah, yeah. Standard, yeah, statistics is in it. Yeah, I looked over the thing. Because all I looked at and saw was like, oh, this looks like my qualitative analysis. A lot class. of statistics is in it, yeah. 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 Oh, I do like that. You need a 100 PC event with X type of graphics cards. Yeah, good luck getting the graphics cards. It wasn't uh, yeah, so I think for me, like outside of the like outside of the history part, it it's not even yeah, it just it's not it wasn't it wasn't relevant. Um Well how relevant is the history? I mean when you're talking about an industry Look a bunch of white guys. Well, not only that, but we're talking about a tech industry. It's like it's like 1770s American history. It changes dramatically every couple of years. Yeah, it's it's handy to know, but that's not going to make you a good manager knowing, you know, that the esports industry started in the 70s. Like, great. I think it goes back to like what we've talked about a couple times. Like, how do you get involved in this? You just start embarking, like networking with people and getting involved. And that's how you learn. That's. That's how you learn is being immersed in it and trying to run a tournament and trying to, you know, and figuring it out along the way. There's yeah, no it, 
guide that's going to teach me how to do it. Looking at the room here, looking at the room here, looking at the chat here. We got the digital room here. I mean, all of us got college degrees in education. All of us got teacher. I mean, we all got teacher's licenses. How good of a teacher were you now compared to today? I was terrible. Now compared to now? Now to now. Or then, I mean, uh, then, then, then compared from when you started. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, you, you learned I mean, so much doing and and i think the other thing that hit me as a teacher is like okay so we pay for all of our tests that get us into school we pay for all the tests that we have to take after school after we've already dropped 30 40 50 thousand dollars on our our degrees and our credentialing and then at least in california once you get all done with that and you've proved that you are capable because you've passed all of your classes and you've passed all of your exams you now have to pay to go through like you know two to three years of torture um so that they can clear your credential like we we think you're capable yeah. but now we have to make you pay to make sure that you really are capable like and, and then throw this like no yeah <laughs> endless meeting and then and then for me and i'm sure for a lot of teachers i then had to go back and pay even more money for extension classes that were a joke just yeah. to get myself on the pay scale so it's like as an educator i'm like i'm not paying 400 dollars for like something i could Go to NASEP and get for free. <laughs> and and come away with getting something. Yeah. After. But let, let, let's think about this. Because this goes to, to uh, I know that there's so many people out here in this in our space who want to develop esports curriculum. Right? I, I hear it all the time and it makes my skin crawl every time somebody says, we have an esports curriculum or we have a STEM curriculum. Okay, the first question I'm asking is who wrote it? But here's the other thing too. Give that curriculum to a new teacher. Give it to an old teacher. They're going to do it two completely different ways. New teacher is probably going to look at it and maybe run it by the book. Seasoned veteran teacher is going to take a look at that, and they're going to take the parts, and they're going to use it as the essence of their lesson, but they're still going to pretty much do it the same way or a different way. It is it is dramatically different, um, and that's why I think, especially when people want to do these canned things or come up with these canned experiences for people to do with esports and gaming and STEM and everything else, that is a that is the success of that is very small. There's, there's so much value that needs to be given much more to teachers in this space than we really are. Even if we're still, we'll say noobs to the space, we're still you know amateurs when it comes to gaming and gaming culture, yeah. that doesn't mean we still can't embrace, as you said, Angelique, immerse yourself in it and, and play in it and get yeah. used to the experiences around it. And, be, and again, like I always say in my talks, be vulnerable. You have to be brave and you have to be vulnerable in this space. Yeah. If you can't be those things, if you're just going to go by the book and go through the list and go one, two, three, four, five, oh, look, I did the lesson. You're not, that's not teaching. That's no, just, it's, it's meeting the bare minimum, which yeah. is, which is what a lot of education is, um, unfortunately, but that, that doesn't mean we have to make that esports. Like, I, I think the, the thing that I really value about esports right now is that it is it is an industry that has multiple ways into it, and instead of limiting that, like we need to open that up because we already have a diversity issue in esports. We know that mm-hmm. if we start to narrow down how you get into it, um, we're absolutely a hundred percent going to have even more of, of an issue with with equity and, and diversity. Or now, worse, or worse, or worse, stagnant. You know, when you when you start to narrow things down so much, then it becomes stagnant and yeah. dull, and there's yeah. no. It, it becomes boring. But it becomes we, everybody we, does the same thing, and then you're just like right, right. Yeah, you lose you lose part of the charm of of gaming, which is that it is it is unique and different in each in each pocket. I, I think we do need to look at how we handle quality control. Like, I do think that needs to be addressed. And I don't think certification programs are a bad idea. I think they need to be carefully thought out and they need to be very specific in what they're designed for. Um, And they need to not, again, not reinvent the wheel. So if it's marketing, you know, is it better to push your your student body into like a marketing certificate that could be used in any field? Should they decide that esports doesn't work out for them? Because let's be honest, it's can be really hard to get a job in the industry, mm. um, you know. Or do we want to encourage them to get this niche little thing and be like, no, you got to do this program because it's for esports, and then they have a certificate that can't be used elsewhere. Um, you know, we we need to be careful. We need to be we need to come with the with the user in mind, like what's going to be best for for individuals, and realizing that yeah, that that might mean partnering with existing avenues um, 
but we can't do a big umbrella thing that this is this is the solution. <laughs> well, no, that's, and, that's and again, I go back to seeing this from the you know what's the most beautiful thing you know let let's ask that question. What is what is the thing you love most about the esports ecoverse? And quite frankly, it is the community. So how do we develop a community and networking and get people so that they become knowledgeable about it? And like you said, as as was pointed out, the, the NASEF Fellowship Program, I think is probably, and, and Jarrell has popped in here, and so we'll give Jarrell some props as well because he oversees that. Um, that is probably the closest to the model. And again, as you yeah. said, uh, Carrie, what is the purpose of this? Okay, it's educators working together across the United States. And yeah, they're not paying for it. They're getting paid this yeah. time around. And it's not that they're getting paid to do nothing and just sit there and regurgitate. They're developing content. You go onto NASEF's website right now and you go onto the curriculum page, you will find fellow, I'm sure Angelique has something on there, you know, fellow created content and lessons and things people can use in libraries and classrooms right now. And it's, and it's awesome because it's adding on top of skills you already have. Yeah. Like, it's not telling you you're going to become uh, an esports teacher. It's like, okay, you're a teacher. Now let's get this gaming content. Let's let's add this bit on top of it to add depth to the skill set you already have. Um, and I feel like that, you know, can can we have uh, more diversity of programs that are like that? Um, you know that allow people with different that, that aren't educators to to be able to sort of you know, again like if, if you're a marketing base great but this is this is the flavor of of esports marketing um, um i i don't want to come across as a shill for nasef because i don't want to shill for any company there's there's a lot of companies i think right now that don't <laughs> want me shilling for them in the esports world uh we've only got a couple minutes left that's good so, yeah. Do we, do we have any final thoughts? And again, I think we'll make final thoughts more optional than forced. So, uh, um, Angel- uh, Carrie, no, 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 go Angelique. I'm good. I'm I'm so burnt out today. You wait, you're getting go. a new computer tomorrow. I know next Friday. I gotta wait a week. Aww. But that's I'm not complaining because Cyber Power was like the ship date was like August. So the fact that I only have to wait a week. That's nice. So I get a non-potato computer for the first time in my life. Awesome. I'm unplugging the potato. We're going to get rid of it. And then I'll have a nice new computer that I can um, I can stream and also run my game on my computer at the same time. And I can awesome. stream and have Twitch open at the same time. It doesn't freeze. That's so, huge. Wow. Watch yeah. out, y'all. I'm about to get partnered. You have no idea. <laughs> We're never gonna see her again. She's gonna be live all the time. And I'm so jealous. And I'm so jealous you have Dodge. Ooh, your torch. Look at what my student teacher gave me. Yay. And I'm so jealous that you get to see the Dodgers and the Padres so many times this year because that live, because that series looks awesome every time. Oh, and my God, it's been so fun. The couple games that I did go to are so fun. This week I'm going Giants game on Sunday, can't wait. Ooh, go Giants. It's First nice. place Giants. I'm a, my best I'm taking one of my best friends. It's her birthday and she's a Giants fan. She's got like a Giants tattoo. She's pumped. So Nice. And I grew up with them, but I, I'm, I, yeah. What? What about us? What? Giants. I no, my family was a Giants family. We were all from San Francisco, so. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But watch yourself. I'm, I'm just not a sports person. No, go team. Go athletics. Go, well, go no, ahead, if it that. came down between like, well, yeah, I I did borrow uh, Giants gear when the Giants played the Angels, because um, yeah. I'm going to be wearing Padres stuff and she'll be wearing Giants stuff, but it's okay. We'll still be friends. You know, I used to think as a kid that the brown that they used to wear in the 80s was so ugly, but now I dig the brown, the brown and yellow. Yeah. It's su- such ugly colors when you think about it, but it actually <laughs> No, I like it. It looks, it looks good, though. Yeah, it does now. Uh, Carrie, do you have a final thought? Uh, yeah. So um, I just want to, like, poke everybody in the esports community one more time. I know everybody is really tired. It's the end of your school year. Everyone's exhausted. You're tired of hearing from me. But if you haven't checked out k12esportsnews.com as a platform, um, please do so. I, I Actually, Michigan High School Esports Federation, they sent me information uh, about their finals. So that Ooh, got look at this. Today. The Academy of Esports. 
Academy of Esports gets put in there. If you send me information about what your school, your program's doing, um, there's a really good chance that you're going to end up in the newsfeed. Uh, if you have a hot take on issues, we even have an opinion section. Um, and our submissions page tells you all about how to submit stuff. So, you know, as it stands, this website's really heavily curated by me. Uh, but I would love to be able to get more and more educators' voices featured in the daily news stories. So if you have a minute, um, you can always send me a DM. You can send stuff straight through the submissions. I'm on every social media platform all day Sam, long. Sam's all about those opinion pieces. She's like, hmm, what am I going <laughs> to All about? over those. Mike Dolly, make sure you get all the state stuff in to carry, too, because we have our state. Stuff. You should call the opinion do, like... section the spicy section. The spicy Ooh, section. can the we spicy. have a spicy section? There's opinion section and then spicy. It's just like... There's like the spicy opinions. We'll have to, we'll have to, yeah. We should, you can mark it with like a chili pepper. Hmm. Like uh, this I will just, controversial. I will just say this. If, as I always will say, if anybody, it doesn't matter if it's an esports company or not, comes to you and promises you the world and says... <laughs> Here's all the amazing things we do, and here's all the schools we are in. Ask them for their, not their list of who can I just call who you've already vetted and, and check through. Give me your whole list. I want to make phone calls, and I will just reach out to these people, cold call them, and they, they may not expect, because I want to find out the real experience. No, seriously. This is what we should be doing. We should be calling and checking and vetting. So if we're not, and if you're an educator and you're asking to evaluate something and you're not just asking for them for their references and the entire list of who they work with, or at least those in your state, please make sure you do. That's it. Yeah, ask for the receipts. That's it, Sam. You got it. Ask for the receipts. K-12 Esports News is on 107% of the internet. <laughs> what? Read the, read the chat. What? <laughs> Nick is Nick is winning the show tonight. He just is. He really is. He's on fire. Yeah, it's like, but Sam's, but Sam's like our Jiminy Cricket always. She's like mm -hmm. the little. It's just here. And just like, anyway. That is a real. It just. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, is a new Sam, Sam and E Cricket here. Oh, Sam and E Cricket. Oh. <laughs> This because should, I can't well, believe I'm still in my classroom is five thirty. I can't believe we're still running this show right now because we're obviously just off the chain. Jim needs to sell an NFT with of his. You're obsessed with me. To yes, I do. Okay, I'm ending the show right now because this is gonna. This is not a good way to. Good night, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>